What's going on, guys? You're listening to episode number 14 of I Just Wanna Be a Hiker Trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm your host, Elliot Jesus, the only host of this show. If you hear from anybody else as a host, they've uh, kidnapped me, check up on me. Maybe it's my dog. Maybe Rex is hosting the show one day. I, that wasn't planned. That wasn't part of the plan. He, he kidnapped me. So check up on me if you don't hear from me. Anyways, I am super excited about this episode. My good friend Emma Rose is on the show today. She threw hiked the Pacific Crest Trail last year during the pandemic, during COVID-19. She did the whole thing. She is referred to cosmic out there on the trail. But before the trail, she lived a crazy life, you know. She did some hiking in New Zealand. She also, I met her working in Alaska. She was working for a dog mushing or mushing company. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've been saying it wrong this entire episode and I feel like an absolute moron. So I apologize for all those dog mushers or mushers out there who have been listening because I'm an idiot. I know. I mess up every episode, but I'm only human. And you gotta, you gotta love yourself. You gotta be gracious to yourself. Be your own biggest fan. So Scott, if you're listening to this episode, it's okay, man. You make mistakes. You move on. There's going to be an episode 15. You'll be all right. <laughs> Anyways, super excited for the show. Stay tuned. But before we get into the interview, I do want to make note of something. Super receptive to feedback. I actually appreciate it big time. And I got, actually recently I've been receiving a few emails. So I really appreciate you guys reaching out. You know, I when I'm, recording this right now this is like my 50th try i'm just talking to this computer screen and i'm looking at myself and it's very weird and i see my dog in the background he's ignoring me he, he doesn't want this he doesn't want to listen to this i don't want to listen to this but i hope you guys want to listen to this so having feedback is fantastic and donna tozer reached out titled her email is titled where the ladies at i know where are the ladies at I've been wanting to get ladies on the show since the beginning, but right now, episode 14, we've done it. So Donna, I hope you are satisfied and I, you know, I want to continue to get the best guests on the show. I want to get some more ladies. You're right. We want to diversify the trail. Let's get some uh, guests from All Walks Alive. So that is the hopes. And if you guys have any suggestions or know anybody, or if you want to get in the show, hit me up, hit me up, hit the email, the Gmail. I just want to be hike your trash at gmail.com. Also, rate the show if you like it. If you, if you hate it, maybe if you hate it, like give me five and then give me some feedback, but still give me the five stars because we'd still appreciate the five stars. You know, we're all trying our best here. <laughs> yeah, rate the show, man. Subscribe. That, uh, whatever you do, you know, it helps. It gives me feedback. Know uh, that I'm doing the right thing. I don't know. So let's just get on to the episode because I'm stumbling around here trying to, trying to thank everybody for leaving their kind words of encouragement. So thanks, and let's listen to this interview. Boom. We are recording. I am with Emma Rose right here, or Cosmic on the Trail. So we met in 2017. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yes. The year I graduated. (laughs) You graduated. Yeah, because you were in Alaska, and you came out to... Did you come out with Max? No, actually, very funny story. Um, neither of us knew we were going to Skagway. Yeah. And both of us got our job offers. <laughs> and like, we knew I was going to Alaska, yeah. but we didn't know anything about what we were doing individually afterwards. And it wasn't until we were both set up with housing and everything that he was like, wait a minute, are you in Skagway? 
and it, it just worked out well from there. Yeah. So you actually worked for a different company and remind me what the company was called. It was, yeah, just how about you say it instead of me butchering Gold it. Rush, Gold Rush Dog Sled Tours and we're a partner with um, Alaska Icefield Expeditions. Very cool. Have you worked with them for a while now? So I worked with them for three summers there in yeah. Skagway, but I'm actually now down in uh, San Diego area right now. So just, okay, yeah, yeah, doing COVID in the sun essentially. Uh, COVID in the sun, I like it. Yeah. How was how was it? How did you get into the dog mushing world? I guess you know. To be totally <laughs> honest, I got into it because I heard of another chick that was kind of in my circles. Um, she she kind of got into that world, and she only stepped in and then stepped out. But I was just really interested in it. So when I reached out to her, she was like, "Oh." you gotta look into this like this would be perfect for you and it was definitely like i've stepped away from it now but god that world is so beautiful <laughs> what about it do you uh, i mean aside yeah what about what do you like about it so much like what's so beautiful about the dog mushing for people that don't know anything about it yeah yeah i mean not to sound like kind of dumb poetic but i think the honesty of it like yeah. it's definitely honest kind of laborious work you know you're working hard but you know you're working hard with like 30 dogs around you it's <laughs> yeah. the kind of work that uh it has to be done and it's not like I don't there's something rad about it like even though it's hard work and maybe because it's hard work um it's really fulfilling and at the end of the day all of the work you're doing is really for these dogs that I mean you know how dogs are yeah <laughs> No, yeah, and I think another weird thing that I didn't know personally, which makes sense, but like these, because Alaska X also had some dog mushing, and one of the dogs had gotten loose and had gotten off on the mountain, and they're on the radio trying to find the dog, and it came running around the mountain to where we were on the zip line, and then we quickly realized this dog is like almost pretty much a wild animal because it's not coming to us it's not like a normal like a dog where it's just going to come right to you it's like very uh i don't know like explain the mushing dog for people who don't know just like think that they're like your fido back home which they aren't really yeah yeah there def there's definitely a clear difference between <laughs> yeah. um between just like a pet dog that you grew up with and um you know a working mushing racing dog yeah. Um, part of it is that they're working dogs, but they are also our pets. And I think a lot of their temperament is really like kind of within the breed. Like it's definitely, they just have so much energy. And that's yeah. actually why, um, like sometimes when a dog kind of starts becoming like, for lack of a better word, like a bit of a wild animal, a bit of an yeah. asshole. Um, like usually it's just because they need to run more because they mm -hmm. want to get that energy out. And it really, like, there's such a difference between a dog that's getting enough running and a dog that isn't. And that difference a lot of times is like the dog that's getting enough running is just a really happy, well-tempered <laughs> dog. Yeah. And the dog that's not getting enough running is probably going to be chewing up his house, like running around, kind of making a mess. <laughs> Yeah, no, I get that. I have my dog right now is a border collie mix and he needs like at least three hours of off leash time a day. Like we play in here, but like it's been tough just because it was we had a little Arctic cold 
front that came through. So it was like in the oh, negatives yeah. and like he couldn't even handle it. And I put like the stuff on his paws or whatever and just wasn't about. So he's been super anxious lately. So I know about dogs who are being assholes because they don't have, <laughs> they haven't gotten their energy out. My dog is a silly boy, but he can be a bit of an asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely believe that. Yeah. A lot of the things like really do transfer between like mushing dogs and at home dogs just on a different scale a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah no i know like because you you knew axel right i did not super well but i did okay. know him. did you meet his dog i did actually the first time i met his dog i ran into his little circle with his post and immediately was covered in dog shit because he was so stoked to jump up oh, no. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so after, so I remember talking, so, okay, backing up here, because we've got no plan, but we did the Chilkoot Trail together, which actually Ducky came on a few episodes ago, and we kind of talked about the Chilkoot Trail, um, but that was such a fun experience, and then I think, I don't know when, but at some point, we have talked about, like, you doing, uh, like, wanting to thru-hike and stuff. At that point, I hadn't, I had, like, gotten off trail in 2016, and this is, like, my in-between, between before I actually threw out the Appalachian Trail, but I remember talking to you about it at some point. And then next thing I know, I check Instagram and you're literally on the PCT. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right, is she actually on the PCT? Like, so uh, what? Uh, tell me about your experience on the PCT. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty freaking rat. Honestly, my experience, I think, was a very lucky experience for this year, the 2020 year, pardon me. Yeah. Because, um, like, the timing was just freaking perfect for me. I was able to essentially hike, like, at a, like, it worked out well despite COVID in terms of, like, my timing for getting to places when they were open. And then it also worked out very well that my pace was just quick enough to keep beyond the fires, honestly. Um, Oh, that's right. Although they did catch me a little for the last two weeks. It was real smoky. So did you just go out alone or how did you? No. So I hiked it with my friend, Joey. Actually, you might've met him. He, we met in Skagway. Oh really? Um, yeah. But he, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, he actually came the summer after, um, you left. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. So you guys wouldn't, you guys would have just missed, but, um, I was thinking of introducing you to, because he has hiked the AT and oh, really? hiked the PCT. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, next. Um, his trail. Okay, his trail name on um the AT. I'm not sure if I remember it. Wow, okay, now okay. I'm thinking I don't even remember. Oh, machine. His yeah, his trail name for both was machine. He kept it. Okay, okay. So I know another machine, but they are a couple squeaky machines. So I don't think I met him. But um, oh, you know. I've heard about machine. Maybe there's a third machine. I don't know, but uh, potentially I've heard about him on the trail community. But cool, yeah. very cool. Um, yeah. So you you went out with him and just like, do you guys just got like permits? Um, it just locked out. Like what? How was the permit system then? Like what what, what was it like? Yeah. So <laughs> we got permits. We we got permits during that first like wave to get him and everything. Yeah. And so it was like still, I guess, in a sense, chill. And then um, later they ended up like kind of shutting everything down for um, COVID as as for the coronavirus, but, um, but we had our permits and 
We actually, when we went on trail, we kind of went out of the dates of the permits, but we honestly figured it would be fine considering how many people were getting off trail like every yeah. day. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it worked out well. We were fine with the permits other than the regular, you know, being like number 6,015 in line. Oh my God. Yeah. No, that's a crazy experience for those that don't know about the PCT permits uh, system. What's, what's it like getting a, uh, or attempting at least to get a permit? Uh, it's it's just a lot of looking at your phone and computer screen because you're doing them on both because you just want to <laughs> get in the best spot you can and then you yeah. run with that one and then it then it tells you to wait for however many hours and you essentially walk away and try and forget about it until you're back yeah um, and, then, and then you put in for the raffle or whatever and then and then you're able to pick your times um, once they get back to you. So you can pick your dates. But when you're going for the PCT, like there's so many people that want to do it every year. Mm-hmm. But your dates are just you got to get so lucky in order to not be, you know, kind of kind of screwed. We left earlier than our dates because if we had waited until the like the dates that we were supposed to be, we were just a bit worried about that timing. Yeah, and that sounds like work works out anyways. So that's uh, I'll get the trail provided. Um, wh- when did you leave, dude? We left on I think it was April fourteenth. Is that nice. long? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's a perfect time to leave. Yeah, yeah, it worked out really well. Like, I mean, just timing right before the week before we left, it had just rained for a solid week in the desert. So we got super lucky. The most water I ever had to carry at one time on trail was like four liters. Oh, that's like nothing. I've heard so many bad um, stories. It's cra- four liters, nice, which is actually yeah. still f- heavy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, still eight point, I think eight point eight pounds, but you know. Yeah, spot on it is eight point eight pounds. I tell everybody that liter watch two point two pounds. Um, yeah. but yeah. Um so PCT during COVID. I had somebody else on it was uh AT during COVID, but what what was it like? Like do you feel like it, it was harder to get a hitch? Were hostels maybe not running at capacity? Like what was it like doing PCT during COVID? Well, definitely right before the trail, it was really intimidating because the online community was just a mess. Like, yeah, yeah. All I'm, I imagine you saw like all the groups online were kind of filled with a lot of a lot of individuals that were really anti hike the PCT, and then like kind of a couple that were really pro hike the PCT, and. So that obviously just kind of made for a full Facebook storm. But once you got on trail, it was pretty good. Like what you needed was there and angels were helping, not a bunch, but a couple were helping. And it was really, you know, we got lucky a couple of times just meeting the right person on trail that was like, hey, like, you know, we've we've hiked it or we know someone that's hiked it. Like, you know, we'll give you a place to stay for the night, something like that. Um, we got lucky quite a few times, um, but yeah, it, it was surprisingly better than you would think. Like it was doable for sure. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I do want to know, like, this is a tough question, a little bit of a broad question, but are there any, like, is there a certain story or a certain experience on trail that really pops out? So this is like kind of crazy that you're like, oh man, I got to tell somebody the story. 
Hmm. Let me think for a second. There's think for a second. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stories that are like, wow, I learned from that moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but in terms of a story that was like crazy, I don't know. Maybe the last bit was kind of nuts because lightning just kept striking. Like the last two nights, we experienced a lot of rain. And yeah. we like I was still with Joey and we picked the worst camp spot. Um, you know, it just became a puddle in seconds. And my shelter is literally one of those poncho tarps. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like not much. Yeah. <laughs> and I had it real cinched up like baby style. And it was just, I was getting water, like just slowly coming up and moating like over my little Tyvek sheet. Just oh no. And everything, you know, when you're doing the thing where, you know, everything's going to be wet, but you're like anything I can do to save like my sleeping system. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. And then, like, there was a couple that night. I think there was like a couple rock slides um, right around the area. There was definitely one, and so it was just really loud and scary, and like lots of heavy thunder. And we're just like in the woods, wet, almost to Canada, trying not to think <laughs> about the thirty-three miles we have to do, like in reverse to come back. Like, yeah, because Canada was, you know, closed with COVID, so I think we had a little bit more. We did like almost like a southbound hiker <laughs> yeah so explain that so you have to like so the pct ends in canada um yes. yeah and a lot of t and it's very you know it's only i think like whatever it is like six miles that you hike into canada to get to the next spot but instead because canada was closed yeah. we, we all had to kind of go the last place that um you can really more feasibly like get a hitch out of is 33 miles from the border and so we so just for anyone listening we hiked those 33 miles just to touch canada i peed on it personally <laughs> yeah. and then um and then we just returned those 33 miles just to just to get back home just to yeah. get up right and yeah, we got there. It was raining, but we were pretty lucky. Um, there was someone serving free brats and they brought some beers. Yeah, it was yeah. it was a good way to end. It was nice. That is a good way to end. And I always say, if you don't pee in a spot, then you've never been there. So I try to pee everywhere yeah. I go. Yeah, if you've pooped, you've been there twice. <laughs> I like that. It's a number two. Yeah, it's a twice. Um, so what was it? I mean, that's gonna be a crazy thing. Like you've you finished your through hike, but then you're like, oh fuck, I'm not done. I have, to, I have to do 33 miles like what was the feeling like that was like that's a roller coaster of emotions because i know when, when i was done i was like okay let's go let's just go home yeah yeah definitely when you're done you're freaking done you're <laughs> yeah. three thousand miles done yeah but um but yeah definitely um honestly the last 33 miles were pretty chill once yeah. we turned around and we're going back I was in like low key, a way better mood. But <laughs> mm -hmm. it was so funny, like the way going to Canada, even though it was all downhill, it was raining and it was cold and, and it was really smoky. So we, that's supposed to be like one of the really beautiful parts of the trail. And we just didn't really see <laughs> any of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, just being wet and cold and hungry. And we had kind of, screwed ourselves you know three days before our last day we were like all right today's gonna be like a 35 mile day and then we'll only have like two whatever 20 something it's gonna be yeah. super chill 
And then that day was like a 20 something day. So then the next day we were like, all right, today's the big end. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be good and then we'll be short for the last day. It'll be perfect. And we totally messed up. And the last day we were like, all right, today's going to be the worst day on trail. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Um, sorry, I spoke so much. I don't even remember your question. No, that oh, was good. Oh, the 33. Yeah. The most demoralizing part was like, six miles the last six miles into canada and then the rest was pretty chill <laughs> yeah yeah i always feel like for me i try real thumb like i try to get pumped about like finishing for whether it be the day or whatever like six miles because whenever i do it like i start like celebrating or like getting pumped that i'm about to finish at like say 10 miles before i hit a fucking wall like three miles out or something and so for me, it's like six miles and then I know, okay, I can hike three miles an hour. Potentially I can hike 3.5 and we'll get there in less than two hours. Um, is there any <laughs> sort of like when you're hiking, is there like a sort of cutoff when you're like, okay, now I can like start like coasting or like relaxing. Like I know I'm going to hit finish for the day. Yes, 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 yes. I feel like everyone's got their own little, you know, calculation yeah. that they do for themselves for me i always split the day into three chunks okay and i just the first chunk i like to wake up early and i like to just go for as long as i can like if i can make the first chunk 15 or 20 miles fuck yeah fuck yeah, yeah. then the second two chunks <laughs> i can just like live life stop for snacks like i definitely enjoy working hard and then like kind of chilling out through the day yeah. Like that's definitely my personal vibe. That I think that's the way to do it. I'm not like that. I may uh try to do that, don't end up doing that. And then it's just like that last third I am fucking pushing <laughs> through. Uh usually night hiking. But um what are the how do you separate those uh, last two chunks then? Is it like lunchtime or like what uh what, what separates the, the thirds? Yeah. For so when I start out, I I really like to not stop a lot. Like when I yeah. stop, honestly, it's it's so that my feet can get put up and sit outside of the shoes for a moment and like breathe. Um, but the food, I try to not have it stop me at all. So I really like I look like such a freak on trail because everything that can be a pocket is a pocket. Yeah. And it's all filled with like you know, like bars and trail mix kind of tend to be a lot of my food. And then I usually have like in the morning, I'll fill up. I heard you saying on one of the episodes that you cold soak as well. Yeah, I do the same thing. And so in the morning, I'll like fill up like my little ramen container. And then that'll be my second break usually. Um, And through the first break, like I'm just eating all the way until I stop. And then I stop and I like, you know, (laughs) pull out my little my little break time situation. Well, I think that's the th- a lot of people don't realize like you ha- like you're burning so many calories. I think like people have like statistically it's like what if most people burn like 5000 calories or something which is like impossible to carry that amount but you're like eating so much. Like that's why like that's why I dig the fanny pack. So I just stuff little snacks in there. I'm literally but I don't want to stop either. I'm like I want to be chow while I'm hiking. I might be tripping <laughs> a little bit more but I got to I got to get those calories down as quick as possible and don't want to stop. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I want to know what is your setup? Then it sounds like you're, you're that ultra light, that hashtag ultra light. <laughs> you got the poncho tar. What's the setup look like for you? Yeah. So the setup, what do I have? So I have a poncho tarp. I used to have a bivy that I love. Yeah. 
highly recommended it um but i ended up switching literally just to make things lighter um so i my shelter is just tyvek sheet and poncho tarp plus my two poles yeah and then um my sleeping system is i have a sleeping quilt and then i just use that you know everyone uses it uh z mat that little folding nice yeah i think thermarest makes them and then um my backpack is an swd uh backpack um i think they only have like one kind or whatever it is it's like the 50 liter i think Mm -hmm. um but it's a small so it's a little it's probably like 46 or 48 liters and it can actually hold a max of 40 pounds, which I nice. did hit one time on mm-hmm. the PCT. But that was only because I am a woman and I I like the cold thing is true. I definitely get cold easily. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I brought a bunch of clothes. But yeah, the clothes are like I try and keep my clothes as light as possible and minimal as possible. And then um, kind of, I mean, same with everything else. At one point I did switch to the stove, that tiny Japanese one that everyone uses. That has like the little like square things for uh, fuel or no? Maybe. It's just the one you use like those like tiny um, regular fuel, butane fuel canisters with it. And it's just this little, it's like literally one ounce, this little um, stove. and. Yeah, that was like, too, I like brought it on trail for a little with, you know, the lightest everything you can do for a cook situation. Yeah, yeah. And then like by the end, like I was like, nope, it wastes <laughs> so like not going to do it. So yeah, I'm just a wimp. I love carrying as little as possible because I am just love being lazy. Yeah, but you're also, that's, I don't know, like maybe a... I wouldn't say wimp because like hiking wise, sure. It's like nice, but like sleeping wise, it's fucking terrible. Um, a lot of times. <laughs> yeah. I do remember at one point I met someone on trail who I think put it quite well. You can be comfortable half the time. And that's either when you're walking or when you're sleeping. And I think exactly. that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I like even working at gear shops, like trying to figure out what somebody needs is like how much time they're spending. Yeah. Like hiking versus how much time they're like relaxing. Like, are they setting up a base camp or are you just going to be spending most of your day hiking? And like, if you're mostly hiking, like, especially on a through hike, like your legs are the most important thing, like regardless, but yeah, you don't want to like be doing like 20 miles and be carrying like over 50 pounds every single day. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some people that do it and it's (laughs) nuts. Like I am sure that very soon they will have knee and or hip issues. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I was one of those guys in the beginning when I first did the thread because, like, you know, you get on those those boards, there's, like, trail, like, whether it's on Facebook or Reddit or whatever, and just, like, it's intimidating, and then it's also, like, just, like, it's a clusterfuck of everyone's opinion, and they've got the yeah. right opinion. And so I was just, like, so turned off. I'm like, screw this. I know what I've backpacked before. I'm just going to do what I did, and, and I have the money to get, like, any other gear, really. So I just, like... I did end up like obviously like throwing out like sending back a lot of stuff and was less than 50 pounds after like whatever uh long when I sent my stuff back home but still I like kept the bo- boots for the longest time I still rocked my Gregory Baltoro 75 it's like over five pounds I did that the whole time um wow. yeah yeah um 
it's, but I'm prideful. So it's tough. It was tough for me at first to just like be willing to get rid of the extra pounds. And, uh, but I was young too. Like, I can't imagine like, you know, doing that. Like you just, some people like they need to just hike lighter, like swallow the pride a little bit and let go of some stuff. It's okay. It is going to thank you. Yeah. It's, it's funny how that does become a pride thing of like, Oh, but I can carry like not wanting to give up or something. But I think a lot of ultralight mentality people, like, it sounds like you're also quite light. And it sounds like both of us learned that lesson the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what was, so you learned it the hard way. What was, um, what was that lesson? How'd you, how'd you learn it? Yeah. So the first time I went hiking for multiple months straight, I had a pack that was, it was probably like 55 pounds. I'm going to guess it was definitely heavy. And that was just because a lot of what was in it was not made to hike for that amount of time. You know, it wasn't made with ultra light in mind. Yeah. And so, yeah. And, and yeah, a lot, yeah. A lot of my gear was just kind of cheap. And so, cause you know, I'm kind of cheap. And so (laughs) it was just, but it was, you know, I learned definitely there were a couple of hard days. And after that, I remember for like seven months, I had to just stop running so that my knees could like chill. Yeah. Yeah. What, what trail is this or what, where, what were you doing? And, uh, during this time, so I was actually linking up a bunch of different trails, but yeah. um, through a lot of it, I I didn't hike the Tearoa, but I hiked on a lot of the Tearoa. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of how that went. I loved it. It was freaking beautiful the time I spent in New Zealand, like just hiking. Yeah. So what, what made you go to New Zealand? Why are you just like, fuck it, we're going to New Zealand. Love Lord so of the Rings. I, I actually, um, I did spend my junior year of university studying in New Zealand. So I did know I wanted to return anyways to visit friends. Um, but actually the summer right before that I was working in Skagway and, um, you know, like any summer, it would not have been complete without my boyfriend at the time asking me to move into a van with him and travel to New Zealand. And, um, and then, you know, things didn't work out, but I already had my visa. So I was just like, oh, let's do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, you're talking about van. You're living in a van right now, aren't you? I am. Yeah. I went from hiker trash to like, I don't know, trash on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? You didn't, did you, are you renovating your van yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually just, um, got a lot of help from this one guy who basically, you know, put together my whole solar system. Um, like I put together the solar part of it, but when it came to the battery and the inverter, I definitely desired professional input. And so, (laughs) so for that part, I broke down and paid somebody, but, uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I did it on my own and you know but with a lot of help like random days here and there like a friend coming over for two hours and yeah helping doing something so you know it's crazy how many people like are down to help you with a really annoying project when (laughs) they know you have it (laughs) what made you want to do van life you're just like ah man i just want to be minimal Dude, so I've actually been wanting to, I've been wanting to live in a tiny house since I was in middle school and I've been wanting to buy a van, the tiny house dream switched to van in high school. So uh, I guess it's been a couple, it's always been something on my list Um, and it is partially because of the minimalist lifestyle, but also partially for the mobility, partially because I can 
kind of ship it to any continent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just wanted to do it for a while and then timing worked out and I saw my opportunity and I bought it. Hell yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um so I do have kind of a question. Well, this is definitely a question. I said kind of don't know why, but I'm thinking about the question as I'm speaking right now. But I want to know, like, so I've spoken to a lot of women and who have been, they like, they have these goals, they want to get on trail, they want to do van life, but there's these fears uh, because just like being women in our society, like, what do you have to say to somebody like that who's afraid? Um, I totally hear that out. I like very personally hear that out. And I think that similar to most choices in life, if you let fear be the main component in your decision-making process, it's going to negatively affect your happiness. Um, And I think that's important. Like, I think even when something is scary or hard, um, you know, like you just got to know whether or not you want it, because if you want it, that's probably not going to change. And, and no matter what you want to do in life, even if it's going to some crazy, like far away country and hiking some very not well-known trail, like <laughs> you can do it. There will yeah. be people that can help you. You just kind of got to find them. And that might be a little bit of work, but dude, totally worth it. Well, going off that, I mean, to me, that sounds a little bit like what I, when I envision hiker trash, this like kind of have no fear or embracing fear, this courage, uh, it's what hiker trash part of it means to me, but what is, when you hear hiker trash, like, what does that, uh, bring up? What does that kind of mean to you? I definitely think it's a colorful term. Like it's got a lot <laughs> yeah. of, and it doesn't have to be a positive thing. Whatever you think about it, whatever. I just, that's just the name of the show. And I want to know what people think about hiker trash. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think hiker trash exists like somewhere in the middle of being like intentionally homeless and like unintentionally sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, and you know, you know it when you see it. I think that's something a lot of people say on trail. And I think it's definitely true. I know for me, when I realized that I kind of was able to fit that term, it was like the moment that I realized that I couldn't like that. Whenever I went into town, into society, like no amount of showers would change the fact that I Looked where I looked like I looked homeless, my hair real unkempt, like everything, you know, my clothes just looking freaky but functional. Like, yeah, definitely. But I think it's a fun term. I think it's a term that's almost like some kind of term of like accomplishment and endearment on trail. I think that when someone calls you hiker trash, they're really saying, like, hey you and I like share this similar uh, hobby. Like, like, it's a good thing somehow. <laughs> so you, you mentioned the, uh, being hard to keep up with the hair. Is that what made you decide to shave your head? Why what was, uh, why'd you shave your head? Does that have to do with out living outdoors? What, what is it? Yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, there was one point. So I, before, I had a shaved head. I had hair that was like pretty much always to my belly button around. Mm -hmm. And um, I was like 
what, I think like 22 at the time. And I had had that hair for so long, but it was now, you know, a part of the way I viewed myself. And it wasn't until I was like in the middle of this valley, you know, worried about this oncoming storm, like trying to find a a camp spot. And while I was hiking, I was putting in this leave-in conditioner that I had (laughs) hauled into this valley. Yeah. And I was just, you know, I was constantly braiding my hair and it wasn't even something that I liked honestly it was just that everyone told me that they liked my hair and so i think for me one day i was just like dude this is absurd like yeah i am trying to do something right now (laughs) in the way so yeah then i just got rid of it and i guess haven't really looked back since (laughs) i like it it works out it's yeah just the easiest laziest hairstyle so now that i'm here like it's impossible to think of growing it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. For me, I thought so. I I did the long hair for a little bit, um, and then I also had like the long beard. Yeah, I knew you with long hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I I always remember I get I didn't obviously I didn't have long hair as long as you, um, or like as like for as long as you. Um, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I had very long hair past the nipples um, for a long time, but I, I, yeah, I remember just like getting so frustrated with it a lot of times. And then also having the big beard, I would just like be sleeping and I'd suff- be suffocating in my hair. So I get my hair the way. And then all of a sudden I'd be suffocating my beard and you can never win. I'm always suffocating. Something's trying to kill me in the middle of the night. Like, I don't, <laughs> so 100%. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you are. I, you know like kind of already have oily skin so <laughs> yeah. having all the hair it was so nuts like the diff like immediately my skin got better i shaved my hair off and my life just got better in every respect <laughs> yeah no it makes sense <laughs> yeah, save, yeah saving money on shampoo and conditioner geez who needs that yeah, yeah and i i mean <laughs> i know it's a little different between guys and girls but haircuts add up like you yeah. know, like I have had haircuts that I have paid $80 for just the haircut, like not even the tip, you know, nothing like, like, yeah, definitely. I've had some haircuts that I'm super down to never have again. <laughs> <laughs> That's foreign to me. Cause like I, when I think of haircut, I think, all right, $20 or less, $20, we got to do $20 or less. I don't know if I've ever had a very expensive haircut. Um, but that's part of the reason why I wanted to have long hair is so to avoid. I uh, hate haircuts. I, I know oh, yeah. haircuts that are like I'm like people get haircuts and they're like proud to have the haircut and they're showing it off and they take photos. To me, it's just like a haircut because like my hair is getting too long. And but I always like need that time to grow into my haircut. It's always like never very good. It's just like okay, I'm gonna hibernate for a few weeks and then I'll be good enough to show myself. I need to grow into this haircut. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like that's two different reasons of getting a haircut, you know? (laughs) True, true, true. true. Cut the hair off. Like, those people are getting the haircut so that Instagram likes them. Not that it's bad. That made it sound bad. But yeah, well, I'm an influencer, so a bit bit offended by that. Yeah, yeah. I did. That was actually a pointed jab, particularly (laughs) at you. So I'm glad that it was picked up. Well, thanks for uh, letting your opinion be done. I want to know though what um so obviously there there is a difference between thriking as a man male what what's the 
do you think there's anything that like most men don't know what it takes like for to be a woman on trail is there you know yeah oh sorry yeah no i was Um, i was done (laughs) i think and i feel like this is maybe an unpopular opinion but i honestly think that when you're on trail um even a lot of times like if you're not hiking the whole trail um you just get so dirty and so gross and so like down with it so like into your dirt that it doesn't even matter like i'm sure men have like kind of just as gross things as the women experience like that's the only because the period is the only thing that i immediately think of that i'm like oh that probably makes something different somewhere but like i don't know when you're out there you're just everyone's just gross and (laughs) in it together like you know i think it's pretty yeah Oh, there was, okay, there was one time actually where it was very funny because as I said, I hiked like the whole trail basically. We we hiked sometimes during the day like separately, but yeah. um, especially towards the end, but, um, but yeah, like we were pretty much always together. I was with a guy and there was one time in town where, you know, we both went to Dollar General to resupply together and then I had forgotten something. So I returned and it was like, one of the few times on the PCT where I felt kind of unsafe being a woman alone. Yeah. Um, because yeah, there was just like some guy on a bike, like yelling at me and low key making circles and like someone. Oh my God. Me. And it was like a, it was like a, you know, very short. I did not walk more than a half mile alone kind of thing. Yeah. And, and yeah, I was like noticing the, like, I guess harassment. And I was like, wow, this is, super because i'm a chick <laughs> and and this is it's a motorcycle it's not just some like guy in a tricycle like they're talking about like a no like a motorized me, like, bike on a literal bike so like a two-wheeled non-motorized bike. so he's on a bike circling you yeah yeah so it was like more chill than yeah if it was a motorcycle i don't know maybe it would have been <laughs> cooler it's <a> bus. yeah <laughs> right off into the but, sunset yeah. but no wait that's so I, i'm trying to picture this this is not on trail it's in town yeah. 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 So this was in town. Yeah. On trail. I don't think there was anything that was ever like, you know, yeah. like that in terms of being a woman. Um, I feel like on trail is much safer usually than. Oh yeah. When you have to go into town. Yeah. Yeah. I do feel like on trail there is like, and it's so funny because on trail, like I remember feeling also like just more comfortable because I knew where all my resources were because of, um, that friggin' app gut hook <laughs> but in town yeah. i was like oh i'm hashtag lost yeah exactly where's my my blue dot it's here it doesn't show me anything yeah. <laughs> where's the next water source yeah <laughs> but yeah yeah you... i don't know being a woman was chill <laughs> being a woman was chill i like yeah. that yeah do you um think like was there any time where you're felt like you couldn't because you're hiking during covid do you could you feel like you couldn't take a zero day in town like what was that like like Hmm. you know i'm gonna be honest for us we were not super heavy with the zeros anyways so i think like that probably happened to some people and i don't think it really happened to us um but i do remember that being a thing in terms of like 
like, you know, sometimes your options became more limited. So sometimes normally there would be, you know, a hostel open in town. Whereas when we got there, it was like, oh, we need to stop for a night, but we kind of have to pay for this actual hotel room as opposed to like being able to get a cheaper bunk or something. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, and I think, you know, that also affected resupplies. Sometimes like we would have had multiple food options for places to buy, but instead we only had one kind of thing. But um, once again, it was just surprisingly doable. Like, and I think that's because, you know, the grocery stores stayed open um, because everyone that lived in those places had to use them anyways. And so I think that it really worked out and it was very surprising how many times like we would come into a town and an old guy would be talking to us being like, I'm so glad like the hikers are still here. Like I know Facebook's been nuts, but you know, we're really glad to have you kind of thing. Um, we were always very, uh, very welcomed in a sense, which we were really thankful for the whole way. Yeah, no, I, I that's, I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm on your side. I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, I guess I get it a little bit, but, uh, Fuck it, man. Get a hike. That's where I feel like I'm most at home. If someone said I couldn't be go home, then I'd be fucking devastated. Um, but I do think I agree with you as far as the zeros go. Cause I, I always feel like I like the idea of a zero more than an actual zero. Cause I'm in the, while I'm on a zero, I'm like, Oh fuck dude, I would rather be hiking. Like this isn't that fun. Like I romanticize these zeros to myself. And then I've never, I feel like I don't really usually take a zero. And then I'm like, I'm fucking so happy. I took a zero. I'm usually like, oh my God, I should, I should have just like not taken a zero. That does. Yeah, that does definitely happen. And I feel like also a similar thing happens where sometimes you'll spend your whole zero, like just like, so your mind is on trail, you know, you're just yeah. like so focused that you don't even really relax on the zero and so it's like <laughs> oh, well <laughs> like whatever but yeah. uh but then i also see people that you know are taking zeros at every stop and freaking support like two yeah. kinds of hiking and i support it like what up <laughs> no i i f- sometimes I'm, I'm jealous of that i wish i could just like relax and be like able to live in the moment uh yeah. as far as like i feel like i can't live in the moment Cause like my mind's elsewhere. So I, I do respect that as well. I'm always well, just like, yeah. keep going. Sorry. No. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to just cut you off, but yeah, I think it's a lot of um, like, you know, when you're hiking it through, like, I think the AT is a little more lenient. It seems like, but at least with the PCT, you know, you're, de- you're on a schedule. Like you have to make certain dates. It seems like, and you know, in order to avoid bad weather or whatever, or fires or whatever it might be for the trail you're on. But, um, but yeah, I think part of that mentality is just because like, dude, it's, you know, it's legit. You got to move. Like you got miles to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. It does seem like the communities are different as far as that aspect goes. I know like going northbound, you're only on the AT. You just got to hit by like October something, because if you don't, the Katahdin closes and then South a little bit more of a timeline going South just because like Katahdin doesn't open and then like you want to be done before winter. Um, but there's like nothing like, Oh, I got to hit the Sierras after this, but I can't, if I do before this, I get the snow and then like the fire season. Yeah. Like that's definitely like a PCT thing. Like PCT is notorious for that, but it sounds like you're able to 
for the most part, escaped like the heavy. How was how were the Sierras? Like, tell me, tell me about it. How was it? Dude, I got so lucky. I sometimes I feel like I didn't even hike the PCT because the weather like was <laughs> just friggin' impeccable, and yeah. there was like whatever like twenty percent of people on trail. So like most nights I slept alone. Like it was yeah, but um, but for so for our timing, like yeah, the desert was good. We had water through the desert. Um, and then when we made it to the Sierra and everything, we got pretty lucky there in terms of there was not too much snow. It was a real low snowfall year. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, you know, we got there where things had melted just enough to be pretty chill, but essentially we got to the Sierra and it was chill enough that we didn't have to do too much post holing, but also rad enough that we got to Glissade, which was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Glissade so, is so fun. I'm all about that. Sliding on some snow. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was super scared before doing it the first time. And then, uh, yeah, after doing it, I was like, oh my goodness. I see why people like mountaineering yeah. now. <laughs> Well, it's de that's definitely good that you were like a little bit uh, hesitant at first, a little bit afraid because like I've seen so many people that just like, I'm like, oh my God, you're so lucky that you stopped. <laughs> like, yeah. like if you need, yeah. you should know how to like self-arrest and like be able to read some of the snow conditions um, before yeah. you just like all of a sudden you're like, oh, yep, we're going down this slope right now. And you're like, yeah. all, your, all your stuff. Uh, I can't imagine like it's got to be so tough to stop yourself with with a pack on too. I've never had to like I've never glissaded while on a thru hike, so I don't know. I've never had like all my shit with me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It might be I. You know, I'm gonna be so honest. Like my pack doesn't weigh that much. Like I am not super sure. I bet certain packs it totally makes a huge difference. Yeah, on mine it felt like it felt calm enough that. I don't think my pack made too much of a difference or maybe I'm just not super heavy or something, but, but yeah, it was definitely like, I remember like a, when I first did it, I had the ax like kind of down in the snow a little to really regulate my speed mm -hmm. and pretty quickly, like halfway down that hill, I realized that I had to take my ax out to really gain any, any <laughs> momentum. Yeah, of, like, yeah. yeah. Like it was, I think I, I think I just had such a lucky experience with all yeah. of it. Like so chill, so perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm happy for you. Um, I, like, cause at least that worked out when whatever the COVID didn't see is you yeah. had been there with weather. Yeah. Do you have yeah, any plans? Sorry, keep going. No, 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 no. What's up? I just, I speak too fast. I also speak without thinking too. I'm just like, blah, blah, blah. Um, last interview today, I took a pre-workout before it and I just was like, fucking just could not think I was just so amped <laughs> this time. I had a tea. I took it. I drank some tea to calm myself out, make myself more mellow. Um, I don't know if it's working, but I do have a question as far as I want to know, are you have any ambition of doing any more through heights? Dude? Yes. Yeah. So kind of funny. Um, it, okay. In terms of through hikes in the States, I do, I'm very interested in the CDT, even though I don't want to be, it is annoying <laughs> to me yeah. how interested I am in that bullshit hike that is yeah. just so full of like kind of annoying things. But I think that's a draw for me. Like, I think that's interesting to me. 
Um, and I want to check out more of the like smaller desert ones. Like I'm interested in the Arizona trail. Mm-hmm. Like I'm interested in the heat a little bit. I think I'll enjoy that. Um, like SoCal was one of my favorite parts, but the AT, I'm not going to lie. is like not a thing I want to do. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. That's a okay opinion to have and like for people that don't know like you lived in maryland too so it's not like you're like just like a west coaster who's just like fuck the appalachians like you've you've lived (laughs) out that way so like you know uh kind of what it's like a little bit but uh, i totally get that um but what about the cdt is it that just like really turned you off for people who don't know um you know i think one of the biggest draws actually was like the population on trail i Mm. know through the whole PCT experience that I had, I kept thinking to myself, like, wow, how few people are on this trail is making it kind of way better for me. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely am like a, a little bit more the kind of person that recharges not with people. I think the silent walking on dirt is like my biggest vibe of the trail. And so, um, yeah, that was definitely a draw about the CBT. Um, but I think also the fact that it's involved, I think like, you know, cause before when I multi month hiked, it was in New Zealand where I was just kind of linking up trails on my own. So it was a, a bit more like work in terms of like self preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the PCT, I just downloaded gut hook and kind of went, you know, it was a yeah. lot more uh, it was so much more set up because of the amount of people that had done it before me. And so I think there's also a bit of a draw of like, I enjoy the challenge a little bit of doing something a bit more alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I, 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 that's kind of my thing as well. Um, which is why I did Soba hikes by the time I was on the AT. Um, but yeah, and then also I think I do like the aspect of the the CT where it's kind of like I've heard people describe it as like a pick your own adventure because there are alternates. Um, it seems like most of the people say I don't know most of, but it seems like a lot. There's like the three thousand miler a thing is that uh, you can definitely complete the trail and not do three thousand miles. But that's like there's these I don't know. It's a pick your own adventure thing. Like it's still like being formed, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, and I do. I have yeah. I totally agree that I've also heard a lot of people call it like a pick your own adventure thing. And I think that's also a draw, like the ability to personalize a little bit. And I like that everyone's CDT experience has that personalization of the route yeah. a little more. And yeah, I, I'm just a little more interested in it. And it's so funny because I met someone on the PCT who trail angeled us and the CDT was the only one he hiked. And it was so funny how awful it sounded. And I just <laughs> still wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm with you. I, I feel you. I feel you there. I think like the, some of the downside comes from just like not having quite the same community that the PCT and AT have. And so like, I remember even in the Colorado trail, like um, the hostel experience, even though it was like good i'm not a big hostel guy in general but i like we splurged i think we only said one hostel. but regardless like the the trail towns didn't feel like trail towns um that and so i think i've heard that and i could be wrong obviously because i haven't hiked the the cdt but just from my experience the colorado trail just felt like i just wasn't i wasn't the big shot sometimes you go into those towns and like you feel like you're the shit or at least feel like people know what you're doing and so when you go into a town and everyone's like who the fuck are you dude 
like yeah your pants are too short like what are you doing and like uh, that was was kind of a turnoff to me unkempt person yeah yeah Yeah. I I believe that and I definitely I I bet that that like makes it a little more intimidating too because it it is intimidating when you walk into a town you've never been in and you're just the grossest (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so what are you doing right now though so you're in San Diego you said what do you what do you got going on? What have you been up so, to? I'm actually, I mean, I guess, you know, overarching answer is Jay Chillin, but uh yeah. but I'm definitely so I'm working on learning coding right now. I want to eventually get into having like a remote work job so that then the van kind of makes a little more sense. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just working at Whole Foods and living in my little hippie van <laughs> and like being that you know <laughs> like, that's yeah. It. yeah yeah no i like that uh, how do you feel like post trail i mean because like seasonal life and like the life that you're living before is like very like when a lot of people like get into the trail life world like they after the trail like well now i'm gonna do seasonal work and they do that kind of stuff but i feel like you were living like that already before you started through hiking so has it like changed you at all do you feel like you've or wanting to do life a little bit differently after a through hike or I think, I think you're right. I think I a little bit was kind of already in the vibe that a lot of people go to after, uh, going on trail for the first time. So I think for me, it didn't, it didn't change my mindset a bunch about that kind of stuff. Um, but it did give me more friends across this country that I was like, okay, like, yeah. I'm more interested in visiting them as an excuse to hike wherever they're living. Like (laughs) definitely definitely had that vibe after trail like making friends and i think i also made a couple friends on trail that are into ultra running mm-hmm. and i love my knees a little much for that right now but that is something that is like kind of mildly starting to be interesting to me yeah um, and it's definitely ultra light so <laughs> i'm all about the ultra and ultra light no i feel you i um so I haven't done any ultras, but like I've been doing like bigger days. I've got a like a sixty mile route planned for next summer. Um, but I did my first like fifty plus mile day, and I didn't run it. But I like apparently like I don't know if you like. There's some cutoff times that are like the same speed that I was going for some like ultra races. Um, I believe that. So which I, makes it like yeah. Sorry, keep going. I yeah, I've seen you hike, and you like. I feel like part of it's your legs, part of it's just your muscle. But you're definitely able to move quickly. And I, I mean, I think anyone that works hard enough for long enough on just hiking can get really, really good, like good enough to be at the level of an ultra runner. But I totally believe that you're there. Like, oh, I was. Well, I was not trying to say that. I, mean, I like toot my horn. I was just like trying to be like. I think like you've easily getting it. You're also a fast hiker too. Too, I remember like on the Chilkoot Trail, you've been a very fast hiker. But I, I think like for that, like I had this like idea of ultra runners like being like way oh, over yeah. here and like realizing based on some of the stuff I've done that like maybe I'm not as far off from that than I originally had thought. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. And I'm sorry, I wasn't even thinking you were trying to toot your own horn. I no, was no. But, but I think, um, yeah, I think you're so right. Like the jump between through hiker and ultra runner is like low key, not as big as I think a lot of through hikers think it is. And obviously that's coming from someone who's not an ultra runner. Yeah. 
I could be totally wrong and whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think I definitely think that's the case. Like, and I, I think that that was something that I didn't realize until being on the PCT and seeing all the runners and like, kind of like talking more with people from that community a bit more. And I think, I feel like there are more of that kind of community on the PCT. Um, as far as like when you start the PCT, um, just from what I've seen, um, people are tend to be more lightweight going on the PCT and there seems to be more of like an ultra running community that's already kind of out that way anyways. Um, but I did hike with somebody on the AT at the the beginning who was an ultra runner from England. Um, and he had done like hundred mile races and stuff. Um, and like he, it made me feel better. (laughs) This is terrible, but he was like struggling at first. Like we were keeping up together, but like he was following me because I had been on trail before. And it made me feel better about things. Just knowing that the sports, even though they're kind of close are also different and knowing somebody who's like a big ultra runner who has done like the hundred mile races was also like struggling as well with us. Um, just because of he's carrying a pack now and it is like a different sport. So I know there's also ultra runners who get on trail and they're like, Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah. And they still like they're doing fifties. Um, but still, I think like it's just two different sports too. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I hear that. Yeah. I would like to meet an ultra runner, like adding pack weight and getting on trail. (laughs) Like that sounds like a fun (laughs) perspective. (laughs) So that's, that's really cool though. So are you just, is this kind of just like a, in the, beginnings of thinking about ultra running or are there any races you have that you've been eyeing or anything oh just beginnings like yeah Yeah. literally i'm yeah i think what i'm gonna do first is i'm gonna um aid one of one of my friends that's gonna do an ultra and i think that that's gonna be my up close view to decide whether or not i want to even look at delving into this world (laughs) well do you feel like you've hit any like because you i mean you just finished uh like have you hit well, I mean, relatively just finished, but have you hit the post-trail depression? Has that uh, been affecting you at all? Yeah, yeah, I had that a little bit, especially like right after, because I just very quickly, you know, there's no way to keep up that same level of like kind of fit in a sense in terms yeah. of your cardio, because you just aren't spending your entire day <laughs> doing yeah. it anymore. And I think that as I saw that part of my fitness drop i i like felt that post trail depression a little yeah. more i was like oh no i'm sad and weak like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean i think i was able to return to my van and immediately jump into like right after trail was when i really built out most of it so i think i was able to delve into a project enough to to run away from my yeah but uh but yeah i had a lot of friends that um like afterwards you know we were all talking on instagram and stuff and i had a lot of them that they definitely got the post-trail depression some of them hopped on other trails that were like a bit smaller some of them just had to go back to work but we're just incorporating like a trail every weekend like to feel good about it and a lot of us were just talking and sharing trail memes to like (laughs) kind of keep up the good vibes (laughs) yeah no, it's definitely a, it's definitely a, a real thing. I'm happy you, you know, escaped it a, a little bit, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely been there. The post-trail depression, it, it is no fun uh, whenever it hits you. So I'm glad that you're doing good. But I want to know, is there any, just because I don't know how long I'm going to make these episodes, but yeah, hitting yeah. about that time, but I want to know, is there anything that you want to say? Is there any 
final words, something that you're like really itching to get out there, put out to the world. As if this is like a platform that's reaching. <laughs> but I have been noticing there is someone from Moscow, shout out to them. They've been downloading the episodes. Um, so there is either there's multiple people just downloading one episode in Moscow or there's like one person who's been downloading episodes. So uh, they're listening. <laughs> that's so awesome though. Yeah. Someone in Moscow. That's amazing. Yeah. Big shout out to them. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I don't know. I hope it's not Putin, but that's uh, where he's at. I don't know. That would also kind of be cool, I guess. Right? Question mark. <laughs> I think it'd be, I think it would be cool, but I was trying to say the right thing. I didn't know what the right thing to say is, so I said it wouldn't yeah. be cool, but I think it'd be cool. If it <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I have anything to say. Nothing to report here. It's like <laughs> my enough coming into their stream. I'll I'll be one quiet moment. <laughs> well, I like that a little moment of silence. Well. I know like you're not huge into social media, but if somebody wanted to, I don't know, see what you had going on, what did you, uh, is there a way for them to see that or? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, just Emro with 14 O's. That is my <laughs> handle on Instagram and I'm nowhere else. So don't fucking look for me. <laughs> yeah, don't look for you. You're trying to get off the grid. Well, yeah. I appreciate you coming on and it was great catching up and I'm happy you had a great PCT experience. Best of luck with the van life. Sick, sick, sick. Um, but yeah, I'll just uh, talk to you on the Instagram. Yeah, sweet, man. <laughs> the episodes, everyone in Moscow is waiting. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank Peace you for out. having me on and it was fun talking about it. And Yeah, yeah. happy trails. Yeah, happy trails, man. <laughs> <laughs>